Uh, hello and welcome to our podcast, um, Life in Law, hosted by Acom Recruitment in connection with the Swansea JOD. I'm Michael Ives, Legal Recruitment Specialist, and with us today we have Dispute Resolution and Commercial Litigation Specialist, Laura Britton. And thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm very good, Michael. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm all good. Thank you very much. Um, same old, really. <laughs> um, I-, I wanted to ask you first, firstly, um, just about a bit about your background, really, because I know you're sort of fairly recently qualified. Um, so how did you initially go about um, securing your training contract? So I was, perhaps it's more common now, but at the time it's slightly more unusual. So I did a geography um, degree. Um, that, that was my kind of first degree, um, which I really, really loved. Um, but I felt like I was missing something. I wasn't completely convinced on going down the research route or anything like that. Um, and I just went to a um, careers fair at my university, went to Durham. Um, and yeah, I just started chatting to a few people and law sounded like something I would be interested in. Um, and so I applied for a couple of work placements um, and things like that in my second year. Um, I was also applying for um, some uh, jobs in property at the same time. But yeah, so I just uh, did some work experience, not loads, um, decided that I really liked it. Um, and then I applied for what I thought was some more work experience um, at Stephen Scone in Exeter. Um, at the time, Stephen Scone were growing um, lots and were really looking to um, increase their kind of trainee intake. Um, and so uh, after the interview, um, I got a phone call from their kind of um, head of HR asking me um, whether I would like a job. So um, yeah, went from applying for work experience to getting a job, which was which was amazing. Um, and Stephen Scone um, tend to fund your LPC, so it, it was it was really great opportunity. Oh, wow, that's um, it's good that they they funded all that for you because I know it's pretty expensive the LPC. <laughs> Exactly. And particularly for me, I, I um, did the GDL as well. So I'd kind of obviously had to pay for that. So it was nice to get um, some, some funding for the second stage. So how did you kind of wind up doing dispute resolution and commercial look? So um, DR was my first seat at Stephen Scone as part of my training contract. And I just absolutely loved it um I love the fact that you had the mixture of you know you have quite a lot of client contact um but it's also quite academic and the fact that every case is completely different so you have to do um a lot of research um, and got to think on your feet um clients are great but they can often be quite challenging um because they're in a you know quite a tough situation um so yeah I just kind of enjoyed you know all the kind of things going on and, and learning new things and what kind of typical disputes do you deal with um so I do a really wide range so that's one part of the reason why I love commercial litigation and a seat so we do everything from kind of your bread and butter breach of contract cases say for example if there you know there is a um technology come to businesses and they've fallen out because you know the provision of services so kind of um doing claims based on that we also do a shareholder and um partnership um disputes um i do some regulatory work so i help some of our healthcare clients um kind of challenge um cqc ratings and inspections 
Um, I do defamation and reputation management work. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really, really wide ranging area. Um, and it's great because it means that you can kind of develop specialisms in, in niche areas, uh, but also do the kind of standard kind of um, work that commercial litigation lawyers do. In terms of um, your, your training contract, when, when you when you had your initial role with um, Stephen Scone, um, was, was the training contract a part of that role or did you have to earn it at a later date? So... So I obviously I did my training contract um, and then kind of towards the last year of the training contract, you kind of get asked, oh, um, what seat, um, you know, you might like to qualify into. Um, and there aren't any kind of formal um, interviews or at least there weren't when when I kind of was qualifying. Um, so you kind of just really you just approach um, the, the team leader, say I'm interested um, in qualifying into your area. Um, and then they'll come back to you as to whether you've been an offered role in your kind of preferred choice or perhaps in a different team um, in the firm. Okay, excellent. And um, so do you find yourself in court at all when you can't roll in? Yes. So when I was a trainee, I was absolutely terrified of going into court. I went in occasionally and really didn't enjoy it in the slightest. I find it quite intimidating being in front of the judge. Um, but since um, lockdown, um, I have been helping. We've got a debt link team that does a lot of um, debt work. Um, and they um, asked me to do some of their, for example, summary judgment um, cases for them or small claims trials. Um, and so during lockdown, I started doing some um, advocacy in court. Um, and because it was all done primarily via telephone, um, it was a great way um, to, to start kind of learning on the job of how to do advocacy in court um, and yeah it, it's been really good fun I think you, you start to realize um, that it, it's simply a case of you know doing your best you're not you're not going to win every every single case and it's often if you don't win it's simply it's the facts of the case rather than anything that you've done um, but I had quite a few summary judgments which were successful and yeah just Boost, boost your confidence okay that, that's amazing and um, it's good that you've kind of taken the ball by the horns you know and actually gone for it and taken a more responsibility in that sense yeah no and I think so we've got a new um newly qualified solicitor in our team um and she has on a couple of occasions kind of shadowed me so I think if you're nervous about going into court and doing advocacy for the first time um as a, either as a trainee or a newly qualified it's definitely worth speaking to your colleagues and saying can I come along see what you do see what it's like um because quite frankly some of the most terrifying bits about it is making sure that you address the judge right um and you know use the right you know mom or or kind of um your honor and and that can that can often be the scariest bit trying to remember who who to call what so um uh, just shadowing people can be a good way of um you know getting to grips with it do you think there's a there's um any good way for students to learn that skill set quite early on so my understanding is that i think there are placements available um for um students to go in and shadow judges i never did it myself but i know um during the lpc there are a couple of um friends that did that and i think that is a really good opportunity because then you get to sit with the judge 
and have the opportunity to speak to the judge and the judge may say, oh, you know, what that barrister did was particularly good or, you know, the reason why I made that decision was because of X, Y and Z. Um, and you also get to see different styles of uh, barristers and solicitors um, because everyone's different. You know, everyone approaches things differently. And it's it's the more people that you see, um, the easier it is to develop your own style. OK. And and um, in terms of kind of a typical caseload you'd have, like what would that kind of look like? How big how big would that be? So at the moment, I'd say I've definitely kind of developed my my caseload um, over the last couple of years since I've been qualified. I now on the, would probably have somewhere between 40 and 50 cases on at one time. Um, but there'll be always points where those cases are kind of not particularly active um, or, you know, have got a bit quiet. Um, so, yeah, and those and those cases range from every, everything from just giving people some kind of one off advice on the legal position to, you know, full on kind of legal proceedings where, you know, I've got a kind of uh, big shareholder dispute on at the moment that's been going on now for kind of two, three years. So um, some are more long running than others. And um, I, like I've spoke to a lot of different um, solicitors who have emphasised the importance of marketing and essentially almost becoming salesmen as well as lawyers. Do you, do you have to do much of that? And how important is it? I think it is a really, really important skill being able to go out there and kind of market yourself to prospective clients, but also to kind of referrers, so say for example, accountants, um, estate agents and things like that. Um, it's an area that I find quite challenging. Um, I would say I, I, I'm a very chatty person and I, you know, always enjoy speaking to people, but it can be quite intimidating going to those kind of events and having to make connections with people, um, you know, and, and I think it's just finding out what events, you know, work for you. Um, I have to admit, I'm always quite partial to an event that involves food and drink. Um, so, you know, if you know that that's going to be, you know, then you've got conversations to talk about, or let's say, for example, like an activity event, like they'd be my kind of preference of, of things to do. Um, and then also the other tip, I would say, if you are a bit nervous about those kind of things, um, I often try and tag team it with a colleague um, so that you know that if you're in a big room of people, um, at one of these big networking events there's always someone that you can go back to um if you feel like you've been left standing on your own for a bit yeah i can um, definitely relate to that the awkwardness of a networking event where you're <laughs> not speaking to someone <laughs> yeah. <you> should be. <laughs> um in terms of um sort of juniors looking to pick their first firm and their first opportunity what, what kind of guidance would you offer someone I think it's all about research and, and having a think about what what you want. Um, and, and I think one of the most important things is to kind of check out the culture of the firm. Um, you know, obviously, there are some really fantastic high flying firms um, in London um, and they will give you, you know, excellent quality of work. Um, excellent salary. But then, you know, the hours, you know, will be extremely, extremely long. Um, Stephen Scone, I would say, are, you know, a great firm where they really focus on work-life balance. Um, and so we still have really good quality of work. You know, I've been involved on in kind of multi-million pound shareholder disputes and things like that. So the, the level is still there. Um, 
but it's not you know it's not quite kind of working such such long hours um so I think it's just working you know finding out what what's going to be the right fit for you um and also I'd say being quite open-minded um because when I was looking um for a training contract I was absolutely convinced that the area that I wanted to go into um would be clinical negligence which is very ironic um, given that I faint at the sight of blood and it would have been the absolutely worst area for me to go into. Um, and so I was applying to firms which specialise in that. And, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with, you know, if there is an area that you think you'll be interested in, you know, focusing on that. But perhaps it's also worthwhile looking at the wider spectrum because um, I think quite frequently people find that what they the topic that they loved on the LPC I mean I also love real estate you know come to do a seat in your training contract and you realize oh no that that transactional seat isn't isn't just not right for me um so I think it's being quite open-minded um and I think there are certainly benefits to going to a full service law firm um for your training contracts then you'll get a much wider range and there's more likely that you'll come across the area that you want to qualify into Okay, that, that makes sense. And do you ever extend outside Comlet or is it purely Comlet? And how common is it for someone to be a bit of an all-rounder and, you know, touch upon property and things like that? So I primarily do commercial litigation. Um, that's the area that I really enjoy. Um, say, for example, at quieter times, like over the summer, um, I may um, give a hand. At the moment, I've been giving a bit of a hand to our property litigation team um, just because there is some crossover um there um but yeah personally I I like focusing on the commercial litigation uh, matters um but I do know in other law firms in the area you'll have people that do the full spectrum so you know they will do everything from comlit to property lit to um contentious contentious probate um so you know it again it's working out like do you want to be specialist or would you prefer to do you know the the wider range I suppose that I tend to be some of the smaller law firms that need individuals who do more rounded skill set. Yes. Okay, Bev, I think that's a, that's a great place to leave things. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No worries at all. Thank you for inviting me. It was really great to hear from an up-and-coming commercial litigation lawyer like Laura, and I thank her for coming on the podcast, and I hope you um, enjoyed listening to the podcast, and um, take care. Thank you.